Hebrews 12.1 says we are surrounded by witnesses and that we should cast off sin and obstacles that keep us from God. We are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is Cross Training. Building your faith to not only carry the cross of Christ, but to get up when you fall and run toward the finish line. Faith-filled business leaders and individuals share their testimony to inspire your journey. Now here's your host for Cross Training, David Anderson. Hello, this is David Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're broadcasting from Catholic Community Media, and we're taping our show today at the Loyola Studios, the beautiful Uptown Studios of Loyola in the Mike Early studio room. And this morning we have Mark Sansel. He's a friend of mine from probably about 10 years. We've been in the same men's group that have been praying every Friday morning at Notre Dame Seminary. And we just disbanded. Uh, our leader over there has been put at uh, St. Clement of Rome, Father Joe Kraft. And he's asked us all to be like disciples and go form new groups in our, uh, in our life. So um, without further ado, Mr. Mark Spencer, welcome so much to join us. Thank you for having me, Dave. I'm uh, honored and I'm humbled to be in your program. Well, I, I feel the same way about you joining us, to tell you the truth. Mark is an attorney, a uh, long-term uh, attorney with Adams and Reese. Correct. And um, a father of four. Four, with twins in the mix. Oldest are identical twin girls, 43. Wow. And married to a, a beautiful woman, Joy Spansel. And uh, he was just telling me how... In his life, early in life, in his teens, uh, why don't you tell us how you guys came upon each other? And I think her name is pretty special to come into your life at the time. Yeah, I think uh, Joy uh, was sent to me for a reason by God. Um, When I was a teenager, um, I'm the oldest of six, and we uh, lived a uh, happy middle class life. Life. What part of town? New Orleans East. My dad worked f- at the NASA facility. Oh, wow. And uh, I think he started with Boeing and then uh, worked for a couple of other companies and ended up with Lockheed Martin when he retired. But um, there was a time uh, where, though we thought we had a you know a happy family, Things started to get a little rough in the marriage between my parents, and uh, I was very close with my dad and and certainly my mother, and um, things got progressively worse, and uh, ultimately they divorced, and uh, I felt, you know, felt it deeply. got disillusioned and uh, really was trying to find my bearings um, in a family, the oldest of you six kids. Young teenager, middle, 15? I was, a, I was about 15 years old. and uh, Young Jesuit, 8th, ninth, 10th grader? Jesuit High School, yeah. yeah. And uh, at that point, uh, I met my wife um, when at the end of my junior year. Uh, at the end of her sophomore year and began to, you know, bring some stability to my life. And uh, looking back, um, I have no doubt in my mind that she was sent to me by God. Um, And uh, ultimately, the six children, including myself, um, succeeded in life and have happy uh, families, um, and uh, but anyway, that was a rough time, and uh, my prayer life, uh, as distressed as as I was, and and my siblings were too, um, stabilized me and 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 got me through it. My my mother was, uh, even though the parents both were instrumental in my faith. My mother was really the the one that that guided me. What and was your mom's name? Margaret. 
Nice. Yeah. And uh, so that, uh, you know, that, that, that was the first uh, real down period in my so life. So y'all were a practicing Catholic family at the time. Y'all oh. Church every weekend. Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, I guess, you know, six children resulted from a, a, a practicing Catholic family. I would, I would say, I would say. <laughs> Symptomatic of the times, yes. for sure. So, I mean, you were very fortunate to already have that embeddedness of, of your faith to get through that time. Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, I you know, I, I've been <clears throat> blessed, I believe, my entire life where – even though the, the the fervor of my faith has ebbed and flowed um, at different points in my life, um, I always felt like I could hear God speaking to me, and uh, and then even you know, as a young man, even as a young man, probably more vocally and loudly now, uh, you know, later in life, um, I'm of counsel. With Adams and Reese now, uh, as of the end of last year, so it's a semi-retirement type of relationship. And uh, but I, you know, in the last eight years, I think uh, my faith has really exploded and and was set on fire. How long did you say the last? Eight years or so, eight to ten years. It's yeah. about how long you've been in the men's group? Yeah, about how long you and I have known yeah. each other. Yeah. And uh, it certainly uh, behooves us all to really do go get another group started like that because I think all of us uh, accelerated the depth of our faith uh, quite a bit because of that group. No question about it. And being led as a, by our spiritual director, Father Joe Kraft, who's now pastor at St. Clement. Um, what a what a spiritually gifted man. Uh, you know, we on any given Friday morning at 6 a.m., David, how many men 10, do we 12, have together? 15. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I started, it was like seven. Right. And by the end, it was regularly 15 folks yeah. coming. And there's something about being there in that seminary and seeing the seminarians and going into that chapel and having breakfast with those seminarians. It's it's hard to replace that. So that's the challenge for us is to go do that. Uh, people drove a long way. A couple guys drove a long way every Friday morning. And I really think it was the surroundings yes. that helped draw. A holy place. And you know that you're reminding me when you say that, that several years back um, at a Manresa retreat, um, I had Father Blazik, and many, many things strike you in a retreat, as you know all too well. But one of the things that struck me and has stayed with me is when he talked about the difference between holy places and evil places. And he said, if you've ever visited Auschwitz, which I have not, he said the evil is palpable when you're there. I I felt an evil place this week. Yeah. And it took me a a day or two to shake it. I went and looked at um, opening a new fast food concept. Uh-huh. I want to be the Al Copeland of healthy fast food. I'm all for you. Just with pontoon boat and ice makers, all I need <laughs> in the boat world. But um, it it's an old, um, you can't call it a gentleman's club because it's anything but. Right. Uh, big pink building right on I-10 service road. Scuttlebutts is what it used to be. Oh, I've seen that when I'm on yeah, every, the interstate. <laughs> everyone has seen that uh, place. Uh, so I went and looked at it. It's for sale. And I went in by myself. And I'll go ahead and do our station identification and finish this up. This is David Anderson, host of Cross Training, brought to you by Catholic Community Media. Uh, 
And if you have an opportunity and a little extra dollar, some change, uh, Catholic Community Media can always use uh, some help. Uh, always running a thin line, as we were talking earlier, but it gets the message out and leads a lot of people back to church or strengthens their faith. We have so many great programs with Father John Ricardo uh, as my favorite. Uh, I wonder how many people are like me to that guy, that he reaches so many people and never has any idea that he has reached so many people. What a great thing to do. And, and patronize the sponsors of Catholic Community Media. These guys uh, all are aligned with, if you listen in to Catholic Community Radio, you're aligned with a lot of these guys, uh, from uh, Two Tonys to the Happy Italian, and I won't name them all, but you know, we have a Yale College in, we have a ton of them. Uh, so go patronize when you hear them. Uh, talking about uh, their business on the radio, go patronize them. But going back to what we were just talking about, I went into this club, I call it a club, and I could feel the pain and the anguish of the of the women who had worked there. I could it was palpable, just as holy as Sister Dulce is, and you can feel that. Oh yes. I felt it and I, I just had the image of a poor woman leaving a two kids in an apartment in Slidell with some sketchy neighbor going to go try to make money to pay the rent and the having no bill. choice yeah. having and it, ah it just uh, it really stayed with me yeah. so when you just talk about an evil place like that right that's what that was and 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 there are holy places as we said you know Manresa is a holy place the seminary is a holy place and you can't put your finger on it but when you're there you feel the presence, the calmness, uh, the spirit of the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. It's just an amazing sense that you have. When, whenever it's, it's one of the big draws uh, at Mass. As soon as you walk in those doors, you feel it. Right. And uh, you look around and people say, oh, we should sell off the artwork and give it. No, 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 no. The beauty of going into a church, a Catholic church, it's part of the whole design is that it's beautiful. Right. And we enjoy looking at the beautiful artwork of what it represents, at the beauty of it. Yes. And the smell, uh, and you really, that to get that palpable feeling of holiness, there's nothing that I, I no space I've ever been into that felt like that. It, except in the Adoration Chapel. Right. And you go into Mass in the church, you feel great, you feel it. When you go into an Adoration Chapel, it's like you're in the private chambers of God. Yes, yes. Uh, there's, there's nothing like it. Um, no matter how you feel, um, going into an Adoration Chapel, no matter what the stresses and anxieties of the day may be, uh, you feel a washing and a cleansing in the presence of our Lord. It, it's a wonderful place. And I, I like how, I think it's Father Ricardo, he says, just go into adoration, waste time. Just go sit there. <laughs> you think you don't know the prayers or this or that, and keep you from going. He said, you got five minutes, ten minutes, stop in. Yeah. And, just, and don't expect anything, just sit in quiet. And you'll be amazed when you leave, and you just you know you're coming back. Right. Uh, I go to Holy Name uh, Adoration. We're open nine to nine, Monday through Friday, and I, I love going in uh, on a Friday evening at eight o'clock, and um, it's just a great way to tip off the rest of the weekend. Yeah. And with my wife studying at law school, it affords me that opportunity on a Friday night. Right. <laughs> yeah, she's busy studying and in class. And it's know. it's nice to come home. And she said, where have you been? Yeah, I've been at Adoration. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there, there are many things uh, you, you miss in life as you get older. 
One thing I don't miss is law school and law school exams. <laughs> it's a tough period. We were with a, a fellow last night, as I was telling you, your uh, partner at Adams and Reese. We were at the Dominican uh, parent-teacher night, and he was saying how much he loved law school. Really? Yes. Okay. And my wife said, I don't think I'll ever say that. Yeah. I, I, I do it. I endure it. But loving it? Hopefully, I love the practice of law, but the school part? Yeah, he's in the minority. The practice of law has been wonderful. I mean, talk about the presence of God in, in your life when you're trying to discern, you know, what you want to do with your life when you're a teenager in high school and then you go into college. And Where did uh, you go to college? Tulane. Yeah, I went to Tulane undergrad and Tulane Law School and played baseball for uh, – couple of years at, at Tulane. Uh, Were you on a scholarship? Yeah, yeah, partial scholarship. And then I, I realized I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. And So did you have a standout, you must have had a standout career at Jesuit? I did well enough, yeah. I, uh, I was a pitcher, uh, first baseman, outfielder. and uh, What was your best pitch? Curveball. Really? Yeah, curveball was my best pitch. That was now. I, w- I was always uh, known for my fastball, and maybe not having the best control over it, and instilling some fear in batters with nice. my fastball. Nice. But I love the curveball. Yeah. Are, are you on the hall of, in the Hall of Fame over at Yo College Inn? No, no, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't quite that good, but uh, oh, you I enjoyed it. To earn a scholarship. NCAA college to uh, throw the ball, you had to be really good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – how many scholarships did they give away to kids from New Orleans at you? You know, I don't know Probably what the, not too many. I don't know what the, the, the NCAA allowed back at that time. But from New Orleans. Yeah. And, and at that time, the, uh, Tulane's baseball team was, was New mainly Orleans. New Orleans wow. guys. Yeah. Okay. Because of, you know – economics and uh you know trying to attract people and there were a number number of us had uh, a scholarship of one form or another uh some walked on any of my cavaliers came on your team that year a good friend of mine at that time ron markham uh, you know played shortstop uh he he and i played against I each son. other you know yeah, yeah. okay yeah. brian only in new orleans it really is <laughs> Well, last night when we were talking to your colleague, you know, we drew so many parallels so quickly, and uh, yeah. you came up real quick uh, and say that, hey, I'll be interviewing uh, Mark tomorrow. What? <laughs> Tell him uh, I rearranged stuff on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> he he used to think that it bothered me. He he got more pleasure in rearranging the things. I really didn't care. <laughs> But he thought. But, but he thought I did. Wow! 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 Well, uh, hopefully, uh, we kind of got him talked into coming to Holy Name uh, oh, on great. Sunday evening. So great! He's a big family, beautiful wife, and uh, absolutely. So hopefully, he'll come around. I tried to talk him into it. Yeah, uh, we'll see. So going back when you were young lad, Jesuit. What elementary school did you go to? I went to Resurrection of Our Lord in New Orleans East. So you went all the way through uh, high school. Eighth grade, uh, started Jesuit, and then uh, graduated, uh, and then went to Tulane. Were you able to send your children to Catholic schools as well? Yes. Uh, That was something that was very important to Joy and I. and uh, we we feel blessed that we had the ability to do that. Uh, I know that nowadays, economically, there are challenges for, for young families. Uh, and I, I, it feels, David, like it's more difficult now. Uh, I guess it's always been difficult for families to get along and uh, have finances uh, uh Meet, but um, my sense is that it's even tougher now for young families. But we were committed to to 
Catholic education for all our kids. And uh, fortunately, uh, our grandkids have gone that, that route as well. Um, we have 10 grandchildren. So, Good heavens. Yeah. Again, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training, brought to you by Catholic Community Media. And we're taping at Loyola University with uh, Albert DuPont Jr. at the switches and Jeff Blackwell making us all sound good back at the mothership at, uh, at Catholic Community mm-hmm. Media. And we're talking to Mark Spansel. Mark is a semi-retired attorney, Jesuit 73. Correct. Tulane Law undergrad. Just found out. I didn't know you were quite the baseball player back in the day. <laughs> uh, Enough to earn scholarship uh, at Tulane. That's amazing. Uh, what was that fastball? You ever record the speed? They didn't do that so much at that time. Uh, there were jugs guns, I think they were called, but they weren't. I think nowadays you go to any college campus and there's probably several of them available. At the, at, when I played, that wasn't the case. I was told that um, you know, when scouts were in the stands, word of mouth that, you know, my fastball was in the high 80s, maybe low 90s. Um, but I cannot imagine standing there trying to hit that ball at that amount of speed, that little ball, maybe, yeah. maybe a big cabbage ball. Well, uh, nowadays, David, they, these guys, these young guys in college and, and in the pros are throwing 100 miles an hour. It's almost a, a standard um, and there are other guys success. that hit it. Yeah, right. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. This morning we have Mark Sansel. Probably about 10 years we've been in the same men's group at Notre Dame Seminary. So you're, you're raised down the Catholic line. Correct. Total shock that your parents get divorced. Yes. And it, I remember when our parents got divorced. It was a total shock. Uh and if you look back at my behavioral patterns, it really started to go, uh, uh, you know, not in a smooth line, not in a good trajectory. And I didn't have faith then. I wasn't. I was at De La Salle, but it was not a. Um, I, I think at that time, I don't even a religion might have been mandatory or not have been mandatory. I'm sure it was, uh, but. Um, I didn't have that faith then, like I do now. Um, with the divorce rates the way they are, it really uh, puts a lot of emphasis on a family being the ability to even go to a Catholic school. Correct. Because like you said earlier, it's not easy, um, which leads me into your, your current role as the chairman of the Catholic Archdi- uh, Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities of the New Orleans Archdiocese. How many people do you service? Oh, goodness. We have uh, 27 or so programs um, that serve people from cradle to grave. Um, We um, serve the, the elderly. We serve refugees um we serve um you know women in in dire need um in unplanned pregnancies um we serve those in the in the most need in our community and it's regardless of faith um regardless of gender uh, you know whoever's in the greatest need uh, will be served by Catholic charities, and I don't have numbers before me, but it's thousands. You know, uh, thousands and thousands. You each operate year. senior citizens' yes. dwellings. Yes, we do. Um, we uh, operate the uh, the Pace facility, which is uh, for senior citizens uh, in. In need, uh, kind of a, a daycare facility where people can go um, for the day and yet remain in their homes uh, and go back and forth each day. Um, 
and we serve those who are profoundly disabled um and um you know the 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 cross section of the community of need is tremendous the and cost of that has to be astronomical it's it's significant uh major and we we're fortunate to have a a very generous community uh in new orleans even though we're not a uh, great um, financial center compared to other cities throughout the country Uh, people in new orleans are, are are very very generous and one one of the primary tools we use for raising unrestricted funds is the Archbishop Hannon Community Appeal, um, which is uh, going to kick off very shortly. And I think our goal this year is about $1.75 million. And um, That's a modest goal for what you do. Yeah, and, and that's just unrestricted funds. We have other, you know, means of funding through grants and, and – uh, uh, federal assistance and um, but yes it's uh, it's always challenging to 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 meet the needs of those who uh, have the greatest uh, uh, need and and yet find the funds to do that and uh, so we're always appreciative I remember hearing in, uh, a number of the way the Catholic charities supported more elderly housing than the city itself. Yeah, and I don't know about that, you know, metric, um, but uh, definitely that's a strong focus that we have. I know you've got the big tower out in Metairie. I've seen two or three of those in New Orleans. They do St. Tammany as well. We have... uh, Services throughout the whole archdiocese. So yes, St. Tammany's included. And you do the um, is what is the uh, the bread? You have a food distribution center. Um, yeah, we we um, have food for seniors. Um, That's prepared. That and that, delivered and delivered. Yeah, by volunteers and that. Uh, it, geographically, it extends even beyond the uh, Archdiocese of New Orleans uh, to the Delhi area of the state. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that actually is um, under re-bidding um, uh, by the state as we speak. So we're waiting to see how broad the scope of our distribution services will be. But... Uh, yeah, food for seniors is is uh, certainly you know one of our our big programs. Were you involved mm-hmm. with Catholic Charities before you came became chairman? As a matter of fact, I, I've been involved for a good part of my adult life, beginning as a, a volunteer, probably twenty five, thirty years ago, and. Ultimately, I was asked to be chair of the Archbishop's Community Appeal in 2010, and uh, and then I went on the board uh, about 10 years ago, and then have been on the board and been chair uh, for the last two years. My chairmanship will end at the end of this year. We have a two-year term for our chairs, and... Uh, so it's been a a, a, a long and and beautiful, d- deeply fulfilling uh, service and mission. I I'm sure it is. I mean, it's uh, when you look around and see all of the areas uh, that Catholic Charities participates in. There's a great ad on Catholic Community Media about what the church does as a whole, and it's staggering. Yeah, and 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 we're able to 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 serve with a very low overhead, ninety seven percent, roughly, of every dollar contributed goes directly to services. 
so that we're not spending money on overhead and administration and uh, sometimes, you know, that can be... A, that has to be a very high statistic for folks that are delivering uh, assistance to the needy. It's one of the highest in the country. I would um, believe that. 97. Yeah. It's just tracking and receiving the, the federal money out there requires some skilled folks uh, to do that on behalf of uh, Catholic charities. And meeting federal requirements. Um, you know, there's... there's Within the facilities themselves. Sure. Yeah, and, and reporting requirements and uh, stewardship requirements with the funds that are received. Um, oh, actually tracking them and being accountable for Being them. accountable. Wow. Yes, yes. And 97%, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, we... So, we're very proud of that. I bet you are. That is something uh, that, that's astounding, really. Uh, and you say it's one of the top in the country. It doesn't surprise me. I've seen a lot of nonprofits, and that's one of the first things you go look at. Exactly. Uh, yeah. How much of this dollar is going to make it to the cause? Right. Uh, 97%. That's uh, – of all the nonprofits, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't remember seeing that sort of a number. Yeah, makes people very comfortable about giving. Yeah, and and we'll get that question, you know, uh, from donors uh, frequently. You know, how much uh, of my contribution will will actually go to services? And when you say how many programs? About twenty seven programs, each with its own leadership and mission. Right. Accounting. Space, lights, electricity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's. It's really uh, has to be the largest group in the city participating in helping those uh, that are less fortunate. Right. And, and there can't be anyone that's even close that does it on this scale. For a local uh, group, I think that is correct, yeah. Hats off to you and uh, well, thank you. It's it's our C, We have a wonderful CEO, Sister Marjorie Abear, and the, I heard her on the morning show the other day. Yes, yes, she's a frequent guest. Yeah. I think yeah. I don't think she's anyone you'd want to get in her way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure to work with her. Um, she must yeah. be a great manager. She is and organized and. No question. Put, yeah. Has a team around her. And a team, uh, a senior leadership team around her that is top-notch and uh, staff at Catholic Charities uh, has, you know, the, a heart as big as, uh, you know, the, a house. And it's amazing. Now, have they moved? Uh, weren't you guys down on Howard? We were. That building was sold. Um probably a year within the last year and temporarily we've been at St. Lawrence out in Kenner uh, behind the Walmart mm -hmm. but that's been a temporary location for a little over a year now um, the plan is to occupy space in the old St. Rita school uptown which is being renovated as we speak, uh, I had a faint hope that we'd be ready to move before my chairmanship ended, but looks like it'll be sometime next year. That's a good location for right next to the Archdiocese administration, the seminary, Dominican. You have a church right there in the center of it all. Right. It's almost like becoming a little Vatican Square. I think uh, it's a great location. It really uh, is. I, yeah. I, Sorry that, you know, as times change, uh, needs for schools change. And, you know, St. Rita's School was certainly uh, for so many years, uh, you know, just such a, um, a icon in the community. But, you know, uh, it's good to see that the building can be put to yet another good use. I, I concur with that. I drive there all the time uh, with my daughter at Dominican, so I'm right there in that neighborhood. Right, right. And Father Pat over there is really, really uh, a special priest. He's uh, He is. And that congregation is doing great. Right, right. And Father Pat is one of the vicars general. 
of the archdiocese. And uh, so he wears multiple hats and does it with ease and grace. He doesn't know this, but he's my confessor. <laughs> yes. I understand what you're saying, David. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, I guess I can share the secrets of, of a confession. He can't. Uh, but he, he gave me uh, my penance, and I, in my joking manner, I said, don't you think that's a little harsh? <laughs> and he, 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 I don't think he'd ever heard that before. He said, excuse me? <laughs> I said, Father, you know, wasn't that bad? He had three. Uh, right. I said, well, I didn't give you much. I said, no, I'm just kidding with you. Did he lighten it up? <laughs> oh, he, no, 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 no. He did laugh, though. He said, that, that's good. That's really good. Uh, and I've never identified myself to him as that confessor. Uh, and I don't know him too well. So, uh, right. And I, I said something like, uh, and I think I heard this from Father John Ricardo. I said, well, Father, at least it's the same sin every time. I'm not coming with new stuff. He said, well, you have a point. You have a point. I think that's the case with most of us, unfortunately. Yeah, yes, yes. I heard that from John Ricardo. Yeah. He said, yeah. He said, when you're tired of confessing that same sin, tell the priest, you know, at least I don't have new ones coming in. It's the same one over and over. Right. But I did that. And, uh, uh, you know, it's fun to get a um, – I, I think I'm about ready to go face-to-face with him. You should. Uh, yeah. I don't. I stay behind the curtain. I had the same hesitation um, for so many years. And then at Manresa about 10 years ago, of course, there's no – behind the the curtain at Manresa if you schedule an appointment to visit a priest either mano a mano either to talk or for confession it's face to face and uh, I think once you do it it's so uh, relieving and you know uh, unburdening and uh, and then you realize well they're human beings too and uh Yes, we're not harshly judging, just serving God and and hearing your confession. So I I did have one confessor tell me uh, after the same thing. He says, uh, "I thought we were through with that. (laughs) (laughs) I felt just awful." I was like, "Uh, "And you know that priest? Uh, (laughs) Yes, I thought we were over that. Right? Well, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, But he he is he's." I, I think I am going to go face-to-face for my next one. I like to go often, uh, and I like two things. Man, you go to confession, you just feel like you just took that shower. You feel so good. Unburdened, yes. And and then when you go take communion, you, oh, it feels so good. And then uh, followed up by a little adoration. Right. Man, you feel like you can, uh, not that you want to conquer the world. Right. But you do have uh, the Holy Spirit in you to do so. Yeah. And right. it's that type of a feeling. Yeah, you're unburdened by the it's world. Yeah. Un- I, that, that's a, I've never heard someone say it that way. You're unburdened by the world. Right. Again, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training. We have the wonderful man, the good man, Mark Spansel. We are missing his wife, Joy. I thought for sure she was coming, and I almost sent you a note to ask you oh, when I, you bring her. Uh, she would have uh, been happy maybe to we'll come. Maybe we'll do uh, her or both of you uh, at another time. You seem to have a beautiful marriage. And uh, we are coming from Loyola Studios, and uh, Catholic Community Media produces the show. We're into our second season, and uh, going well. Catholic Community Media is a great institution, if you ever have the opportunity to help them out, please do. As well as uh, uh, Mark's group, Catholic Charities, of which he is the chairman, and uh, ends his tour in December. Correct. Have to feel so good about that. This is the point of the conversation. We we actually talk about food. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, Love to talk about favorite food. Favorite meal. My favorite meal, panade veal and fettuccine alfredo. 
Oh, my goodness. Now, is that with a lemon caper sauce or anything on that pan-aid veal? I won't turn that away, but plain pan-aid veal and fettuccine Alfredo will make me happy. <laughs> you just got me, like, hungry. I, I wasn't expecting pan-aid. We used to have pan-aid veal every Sunday. At my great-grandmother's house up on Henry Clay, we'd all go for a Sunday dinner, and she had these great aluminum glasses that we all remember. Uh, probably poisonous with some sort of chemical at the time <laughs> because they were different. They were multicolored, too. They were some sort of metal multicolored. They were beautiful. But uh, Panade Villa was a thing to cook. Yeah. And, oh, oh it, it is... Um, one of the best things you can actually eat. And Yo Collagen does a great one. Um, akin to that is a chicken fried steak. Oh, wow. That's akin, would oh, you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, uh, little, little heavier, but... Uh, akin. I love that. Same yeah. group. TikTok Cafe, if you've never uh, had their chicken fried steak. I haven't. I, I can tell you, Albert and I have more than once... Or we'd bring it in and talk about it and eat the food. and It's the best chicken fried steak I've ever eaten. You've got my stomach rumbling now, yes. David. <laughs> well, uh, we had, we had uh, Chef Lenny from the uh, Happy Italian on uh, this past week. And he didn't mention the panade veal, but that was about the only dish he didn't mention. I have to believe he does a panade veal. Yeah. Um, I'll bet. You ever yeah. make it? I make it now just in chicken. I'm not much of a cook, David. My wife, Joy, is an outstanding cook. She the come, joy of cooking. Yeah, she comes from uh, a family of, uh, you know, cooks of uh, uh, fine cuisine. Her grandmother owned a restaurant um, when she was growing up uh, downtown. Uh, Ben's Cafe. I'm trying to remember what street. By the time we met, it was long gone. But uh, so she inherited from her grandmother, uh, I guess, both genetically and environmentally, uh, cooking skills. And her mother was a fine cook too. And so I don't do a whole lot of cooking, but I don't need to because uh, I do most <laughs> of the cooking at home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Unit, unit does not. Uh, she did not grow up in a. They had meals prepared every night, but they seem to have forgotten the pepper. Uh, <laughs> certainly the garlic. Because uh, we grow up, it's olive oil and garlic and pepper to start. Yes. And then we go from there. Right. Whatever right. dish it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, although panade veal does not have. Uh, Oh, it does in the in the Alfredo fettuccine, but uh, yeah. I generally make mine now with a uh, chicken breast as opposed to the veal. We do that too. Uh, Panade chicken uh, is and I right actually, up there. I actually prefer it now. I've kind of grown into that. Maybe but, a little healthier. I don't know. I'm not I, an expert who, who on knows? that. Yeah. They say all kinds of things. And the next yeah. day, eggs are good today, and eggs are bad tomorrow. Right? Who knows? Exactly. Uh, I think it's pretty much everything in moderation that's that's my motto yeah i'm down 14 pounds in the last uh two months yeah. and it's basically uh, just cutting back and not eating late and not eating sweets at night right right i think moderation is definitely the key and uh i, I pretty much uh followed that approach most of my life and i heard on the news uh not all that long ago, Dr. Bropson Lutz yes. uh, come on as one of the medical experts, and you know they'll talk about this diet and that diet, and what do you think about that med medically, doctor? And he basically says the same thing every time. Moderation is the best approach to diet and weight. That's just not too much. Don't yeah. And generally, when you go to a restaurant, uh, there's so much food served. More than one person should eat it in one sitting. Right. Yeah. So, well, 
That's our food bit for the uh, for the okay. show. Okay, that's our food bit. Pied <laughs> veal. Now I'm hungry. Fan- yeah, me too. That's <laughs> pied veal. That's fantastic. Well, once you got through the period where your family was divorcing, you stabilized. You met Joy. Said she kind of right. gave you a little bit of uh, stability, yeah. anchor, and stability. Went through law school, got married, raising your children in a very spiritual Catholic upbringing. Right. Uh, well, how how is their life? Uh, have any of them stayed in the faith? I'm glad to say they all have. Um, you know, the, the each of the four <clears throat> um, has clung to their faith. Uh, maybe to varying degrees, but uh, remain true to the the Catholic faith. Um, all you know, um, blessed to have been married in the church. It has to be so satisfying for you because so many people send their kids through Catholic schools, high school, and they come home as a young adult. And yeah, we're not Catholic, right? Yeah, and 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 I think, David, that's you know more common as every day passes. You know, I was almost a little afraid to ask you that question, and really glad you gave me that answer. That all yeah. four have stayed, yeah, varying yeah. degrees, but yeah, um, and, and I think on the stronger side, you know, because uh, it ebbs and weaves, definitely. Or ebbs and flows, I believe. Uh, I understood. Yes, but both you. are right, I think. Thank you. <laughs> and it is difficult to see family members leave the faith, or particularly children. Right. Um, so you hope and pray. And what's your prayer life like? I uh, I like to believe it's uh, steady. And uh, regular and 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 good. Um, we try to Joy and I together try to go to mass uh, several times a week, morning mass. Um, normally, after dropping grandchildren off at school, you get to do that. Yeah, we, we do. It's we help fortunate. out. We do. Yeah, we help out, and uh, you know, it helps our children, and it's. Uh, gratifying for us to be able to do that and then we try to go to mass a few times a week um try to try to pray uh in the mornings uh in addition to that uh you'll pray together we do david yeah we do and and it it it, it's in our each other's presence normally uh we don't normally say recite prayers together but we'll sit there together in each other's company and pray and amazingly uh, things will come up that trigger common prayer and articulated prayer so um, and, and, and the, the, the difficulty for, for us and for anyone is you know regularity in terms of you know regimen I, I don't think a regimen is realistic you know I think you you set yourself up up for disappointment if you're trying to pray at you know 6:30 a.m. every day there's other things in life that that uh, arise and and prevent that schedule with my spiritual director uh, you know, I've come to understand that it's better to have a rhythm in in life about prayer, and not be frustrated or disappointed if you know six thirty a.m. or six a.m. or seven, whatever your time period is, comes up for prayer, and for one reason or another, you haven't done it. You know, because days can be long. You may have to get to bed later than normal and it makes it more difficult to meet the call uh, of a regimented you know approach to prayer so I like to think in terms of 
the rhythm in life and, you know, having a rhythm for prayer. And, you know, it may be uh, early in the morning at a particular time, a few days, but then something may happen and not allow that. And then I, I've been trying to pray during the day to, to have awareness of God throughout the day at different different points. Um, I was always impressed by John Paul II. You know, you'd see him, you know, either on footage on television or, you know, when he came to visit New Orleans, he would just be in moments of prayer in the midst of people. And, uh, and I, I was always impressed by that. Uh, again, uh, it's an effort uh, I strive to, to be more aware of God throughout the day as opposed to, you know, limiting things to one time of prayer. Uh, so, And but, you listen to Catholic radio? I do. Yes, I do. And uh, we were talking earlier about that. We wake up every morning, the alarm clock set to come on to Catholic radio. And it it uh, brings such uh, joy. Joy is the word. Absolutely. It's the word to our lives. Yes. And, and, and sometimes, depending on what's on and, and who the guest is, we may just get up and start the day. But other times, the topic and the guest are so captivating, we may just lay there for another 10 minutes until that segment is finished. And, you know, what a blessing to be mm -hmm. able to start the day like that. They're very professional and and entertaining, all wrapped in uh, a fervent desire to bring others closer to God. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, that's why I'm here, because I listened to him for so long. And... Um, Hopefully, I uh, have many, many more years to listen to them. Uh, yeah. I think they impact a lot of people, uh, just like John Ricardo, where they just don't know. But uh, David Dawson knows the impact, and that's what strives to keep him right. going on the air. And this will conclude our show. Definitely want to thank you so much, my my brother in Christ, uh, Mark Spansel. And we, we do call each other that. We have a text line and uh, <laughs> brothers in Christ is we do. what we call each other. Uh, so if uh, we end our show with the Hail Mary, if you lead us, and hopefully our listeners will join us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Cross Training with David Anderson is a production of Catholic Community Media.